1: I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't
0: play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Welcome to not gambling advice sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball when you download. We're transitioning from baseball to football. As the NFL season starts in a couple of days, and I'm welcomed by the hosts of the Stay Hot podcast, Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. Gentlemen, welcome. Excited to talk some football with you guys.
2: I'm kind of feeling like everything's great right now. I'm probably keeping up with the NFL a little bit more than I do with college football, Um, but I'm excited for Ohio State and Cincinnati
1: this year more than I am. So for the Panthers, so fair.
2: Theo, who's your
0: favorite team in the NFL and are you excited for them?
1: I'm I'm excited for the Packers this year. That's my, that's my favorite team. Maybe a little bit less excited than in past years just in terms of my expectations of them winning the Super Bowl without Devontae Adams now, but I'm still there's still a lot of storylines that I'm I'm very interested with them and I'm I'm really interested to see the defense and and what Rodgers can do without you know, uh, a true number one in the receiving core. So I'm, I'm actually really pumped to watch how that's all going to work out this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more into co- uh, NFL football than college football, but you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely keeping tabs on, on college and, and especially the prospects and uh, just in general, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll watch a decent amount of it.
0: And I'm definitely an NFL guy over college football, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be going over all of our favorite win totals, overs or unders. I'm going to give mine to them, use their football minds to our advantages, and also go over the MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, even down to Coach of the Year. We're doing it all today on Not Gambling Advice. Let's start with my three favorite overs, and I want to unpack your minds because my first favorite over is the Philadelphia Eagles over nine and a half. It started at eight and a half and it has even moved up to nine and a half. You can find it at 10 on some books. This is the reason I like it. They were ranked as the number one offensive line by PFF. I love teams with good offensive lines. I think that's the easy way to go around it. They have an elite receiving core. I'm very high on Devonta Smith. And I think AJ Brown is a top 15 to top 20 wide receiver. They got him in free agency as well. I think Jalen Hurts takes that next step. Um, I think once he started running more, they really didn't lose. They were 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. I think they carry over that momentum to this year. But what I love is that they also have the second easiest schedule, but the Eagles couldn't rush the pass at all last year. I think they were 31st or 30th or just close to dead last in basically every single rushing stat that you could possibly have, at least um, not rushing, rushing the quarterback. But now they add us on Redick, and I love the addition of Jordan Davis as well. Theo, I'll start with you. Thoughts on the Eagles. Would you go over or would you go under?
1: I'd way go over. I mean, that was my favorite pick, too. We're talking about a team who, I mean, even if you don't count the A.J. Brown signing and just look at what they did on defense, you could say this had one of the, they had one of the best off seasons, if not the best off season in football. I mean, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson and James Bradbury, you didn't even mention that, but they were near the top of the league in zone coverage last year, and I think that's because they didn't have the personnel to play man. They have the personnel to play man here. Jonathan Gannon is kind of a conservative coach, only rushes four. Uh, they couldn't really do that last year. You saw it in the uh, Patriots game. Tom Brady had all day to throw, all day to throw. So they go and add uh, Hassan Redick. Um, and because they play that kind of conservative style, lots of nickel, lots of middle of the field, open, two high looks. They add Jordan Davis so they can remain sound against the run when they're in those defenses. And yeah, AJ Brown, uh, you've got Jalen Hurts who never, who couldn't really access the middle of the field last year, never really threw it to that area. A.J. Brown only runs into that area, like in-breaking mm-hmm. routes are kind of his specialty. So you think about what that could mean. You could meet, you could think of it as either, oh, they're going to waste A.J. Brown. Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't throw it to where he likes to run routes. Or you could think of it as, well, Jalen Hurts has to get better at throwing it to the middle of the field because they added someone who's so much better and so dangerous over there. And I prefer to think of it as the latter and think that another like aspect of this offense could get unlocked. So, yeah they're going to be last last year they didn't run the football through the first 4 weeks everybody was yelling at, it, at them for it they're like why are we just passing it over and over again and then after like the i think it was another bucks game they figured on it thursday out thursday or sunday night they mm-hmm. just they were like oh yeah they just flipped the switch and all of a sudden they were like the best rushing team in football so they're balanced um they're much improved they were a playoff team last year they're ahead of schedule like Their division, like the Cowboys, have been trending down this offseason more than any other team. I'm not scared of the Commanders. I'm not scared. They have, I think they have the easiest skit. I don't even think they have the second easiest. They have the easiest. So, yeah, that is a great bet. If you can get them at nine and a half, if they don't get double digit wins, like, I don't, that's, you should fire Nick Sirianni because they've got the, they've got the talent to do it.
0: Matt, where would you peg their win total? Like, if I didn't tell you it was nine and a half at the beginning, what's your projection
2: for them? I would say 11, 12, pushing that direction. I mean, we were talking about them being possibly the number one overall seed. Wow. Uh, They're so good. Their roster is so talented. And, I mean, I understand the concerns with Jalen Hurts and the throwing over the middle of the field 100%, but I think the rest of the team is so good that they could start Gardner Minshew for the whole year, and I think they'd still have a shot to go get 10 wins. Um, I I think that all the – like, when you get in the playoffs, it's going to be a problem. That Hurts maybe still has some room to improve when it comes to just dropping back and beating you uh, and doing that type of thing. But as far as the regular season goes, I think they're still going to rack up a lot of wins. Uh, I, I think the rest of the team is so talented and the running attack is going to be so good. Uh, with an offensive line like that and a quarterback who can run like that, I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't beat this line.
0: And I made it a point, too, that um, I posted this on my TikTok as well, that they don't even need to be that good to hit this win total because the rest of their division isn't any good. I think the giants are going to be terrible. I think that the commanders aren't anything special either. And I think the Cowboys, I, I agree with you, Theo, that I think they're turning down, but I still think they're going to be a very good football team. I wouldn't especially count them out. I still think that they could be close to nine, 10 wins while the Eagles could be a 12 and five sort of team.
1: Yeah. I, I agree that the Cowboys aren't, you know, we can't totally write them off yet, but they were a team that had no depth at tackle. Yeah. And then yeah. they just lost their tackle. Their wide receivers are all hurt to begin the year outside of CD. They want to win by throwing the football. Last year, they had some of the highest pass rates in the league. And yet, they don't have receiver depth because they traded away Amari Cooper for nothing. And, um, you know, they've got Jalen Tolbert. They've got, I think, I think they've got Cedric. I can't remember what depth pieces they they kept and which went to the Dolphins. But I don't know. The The Cowboys are a team that certainly have a, have a high-level quarterback. They still have, you know, some really that with the signing of Anthony Barr, you're going to have Micah Parsons on the edge. So Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons off the edge. That's like a good pass rushing group. They've got, they're a talented team. They could still hit 10 wins, but like the way they're trending and the off season they had, well, a lot of teams got better. They're a team that looks like a little bit worse on paper than they were last year. So, um, yeah, no, I I really like the Eagles the Eagles line. I I agree with you, and that's not to say I I hate the Cowboys line or say like never do not bet the over on the Cowboys or anything like that. But um, I do think that they're they're weaker to me than they've been last year. Uh, yeah.
0: I'll take your word for it. I mean, that just makes my Eagles bet even better. So we're talking with Theo and Matt of the Stay Hot Pod. You can also find them on TikTok as well and their Twitters, which are linked down below in the episode description. My next favorite over, I'm going with Indianapolis Colts over 10 wins. They finished nine and eight with some bad luck last year. They were two and five in one score games. They upgrade at quarterback from Carson Wentz. We were talking about the commanders. They get Carson Wentz and now the Colts get Matt Ryan. It's not a huge upgrade, but I think it is when you consider all of the one possession losses. Carson Wentz didn't throw a lot of interceptions, but I don't think he was good late in games, and I think Matt Ryan will be a lot better. I think they have a top 10, maybe even a top 5 offensive line with still the best running back in football in my eyes. I love the additions they made, especially adding Steph Stephon Gilmore. Matt, we'll start with you this time. What are your thoughts on the Colts
2: going into this year? I like them a lot, and I think they will beat that line. I don't feel as good about it as I do with the Eagles. With Ryan, he I think he still is limited. Like, you're not – great at quarterback I'd consider it pretty league average but I think the difference between him and Wentz is that you definitely trust Ryan a little bit more That's what I'm saying. Uh, and maybe maybe he doesn't have the arm that he used to but at least you're not going to be scared to throw like the Colts were last year on top of that you're going to have a great offensive line you're going to have a great rushing attack so it's an overused term but getting a guy who really can like be a game manager uh, offensively for them I think is going to be big I agree I think the luck is going to be better um I'm excited for what Jonathan Taylor does this year so I would agree I think they are going to hit the over Theo where would you beg the Colts at
0: 10 wins do you think is fair or are you going way over
1: 10 is fair I think I mean you look at what Wentz did last year there was a game that they won where he was five for 12 passing okay (laughs) and there was there was a game there were multiple games they won where he was 11 of 20 you know so yeah like they were he he did not need to do much to for the colts to win games last year um matt ryan led the falcons to like seven wins despite the fact that they had no nothing on the offensive line outside of like lindstrom and outside of kyle pitts the wide receiving core was pretty bleak so yeah he was someone who had to kind of put the team on the back their his back a little bit he didn't carry them that that far but uh i i agree with you that even though the numbers you know, in terms of like touchdown to interception ratio for Wentz looked nice, like the Colts hated him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't off. that good. I'm getting the most good.
0: I'm getting the most comments when I made that comment about that upgrading from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan is going to be important in one position games. And everybody just came to me and said, Well, Carson Wentz didn't throw that many interceptions. And yeah, and they well, throw like, the
2: ratio to this what is it, 27 and 7 or something? It's not yeah, a bad ratio, um, but it's more complicated than it's that. It's
0: much more complicated than that. It's when you're down in the fourth quarter, who do you want? quarterback of your team do you want Matt Ryan who's been there done that won an MVP and to Theo's point he led the Falcons to seven wins last year and I think that even you put Tom Brady on the Falcons last year I think they're winning eight or nine games I mean it's just I don't I think what Matt Ryan is not getting enough credit well to Matt's point I would say he is slightly above league average. I still think that he's a good quarterback. I think that we're looking at a Falcons team where to to Theo's point, he had zero weapons and now Michael Pittman is a huge weapon for him. I just think overall, especially at running back too. now, you have Jonathan Taylor to kind of take it off Matt Ryan's shoulders a little bit. I'm just a big fan of the Colts. I also have a future bet on them to win the division at minus 120. I think that's a great bet too. Even if they don't hit that win total, I think they're definitely going over 10 wins, I guess, just to wrap up on the, Colts. How many wins do you see them getting, Theo?
1: I had them at nine in my prediction. Okay. Not that ten is not that ten or eleven is out of the question. Um, this is a bet I'm not super confident on because when I look at the Colts, I think that they're solid, but I also look at them and say like, where is like Jonathan Taylor is is the star power, but are they going to be able to create explosive plays at an extremely high rate? Because like you've got Matt Ryan. Whose arm strength has definitely waned a little bit. The That's wide fair. receiving core, when you look at Pittman and and the number two Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, like you might like some of those players, but it's definitely not near the top of the league in terms of like receiving talent with uh, Mo Ali Cox and. Andy, I like more number one tight ty- li- I mean <laughs> they drafted that one really athletic tight end, Jelani Woods, I guess, who you know may be able to create some explosive plays from the Y position and and I like Pierce and and Paris Campbell even is like it's all okay. Uh, but I do worry like this is a team that's based on running the football, which is, are usually like the l- little bit less of an explosive offense than teams that can really air it out. And Jonathan Taylor did carry it 332 times last year, something like that. And there's a pretty pretty significant history of, of running backs not being as efficient after workloads like that. So I do worry a little bit about the offense being like, instead of top 10, being a little bit mid. And uh, I, I don't know if I would project it to happen, um, but there are offenses that I think are a little bit more explosive out there. And I still kinda I kinda like the Jaguars and I kinda like the Titans still. So I don't think their division is quite as easy as it may seem. But I don't know. I wouldn't bet the under either. That's kind of where I'm at. I think it's got a they're a pretty accurate win total. Um I'm not like super like with the Eagles, I'm like, oh man, this this team could easily win 13 games. The yeah. Colts, I'm a little bit they have like the same win total, but I'm not quite as confident that as this being like a, a 13 you know, potential one seed in the AFC type of, type of team. But I don't think it's necessarily a a bad bet where I'm, where I'm on the under.
0: So I'm i I'm very excited too, because with the Colts bet, I'm very down on the Titans, but I'm going to get into my favorite unders in a minute. Let's go over to Matt first, Matt,
2: what's your favorite over for this NFL season in terms of a win total? It's gotta be the saints. I mean, of what we haven't talked about yet. Uh, And I'm saying that a little bit coming as like a a, a tortured Panthers fan who wants the Saints to be bad, and they never are. I mean, you look at what they did last season. They were competitive for the playoffs, and that team was a disaster. They had no receivers, no quarterback. uh, And I know a lot of people are expecting maybe the coaching to fall off, and you won't expect like, oh, they're going to get the best that they can out of the roster they have. But uh, Dennis Allen is somebody we're pretty high on. Uh, so I, I think that that's going to keep working out for them. And I really like their roster. I kind of believe in everything they've got going. Like Michael Thomas, Alave, I'm high on those guys. Uh, obviously, Kamara's good. And I think that uh, Jameis Winston, I mean, he was, he was uh, getting some pretty serious hype last year before he got hurt. Then you go over on defense, I really like their pass rush. I really like their linebackers. Uh, their secondary, maybe a little bit weaker at corner. Uh, but I think overall, they're still a really strong roster. I think that defense is going to be one of the best in the NFL. The offense can just be all right. I mean, their line is what Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I really, I really you're projecting like their them odds. to get
1: worse. You're projecting them to get right. like two games worse, despite you're getting Michael Thomas for the whole year. You're getting Ryan check back. You're getting Jameis Winston back. I mean, last year it was Marquez Callaway, Traquan Quan Smith, and uh, that went Deontay Hardy as their top three like weapons, and now it's Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Michael Tom. Th- I mean, you just upgraded one two three across the board and you're instead of they started ian book for a game all right i just don't think that's gonna happen again so yeah there's some holes on the offensive line and and sean payton is gone and i think about like what sean payton is and i'm like what would the steelers win projection be without like mike tomlin you know Mm. what would the what would the patriots be without bill belichick like when these hall of fame coaches leave like i guess it's fair to project a little bit of drop off i would with the steelers i would with the patriots for sure but with Sean Payton, not that he's not a bad coach, but I mean, that offensive coordinator has been there since t- 2009, okay? He has been there for like 12, 13 years. So, and and he has been the primary play caller when Sean Payton got suspended for that season, and they still had a top offense. And that was a long time ago, and the league's very different now. But they've got guys with a lot of knowledge on how to win football games, And how to win football games in that organization, and and how to even win football games when Sean Payton is out. So I I like eight and a half a lot. I think this is a team that has won five straight like winning seasons for them. They haven't had a losing record in five in six years. And this year, when everybody's healthy, like I think it's I think it's gonna happen again. So yeah,
0: two things working for them: the Falcons are in their division, and Ian Book is no longer on the Saints, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Theo, Dang, let's move yeah. let's move over to your favorite win total cuz I've one more that I want to throw at you guys that's probably my second favorite. I would rank the Eagles then this next one then the Colts. Theo, I'm excited to hear your favorite over/win
1: total. Yeah, I I'm debating if I should hype up the Jaguars again. I'll say the Chargers. I'll say the Chargers at 10. There we go. Wins. Okay. I say the Chargers at 10 wins i think the chargers have a very real chance to be the uh, the best team in football on the same page yes i think that them at 10 like they were at nine last year and there were some freaky losses especially the last one to the to the raiders like i think the the chargers were a better team than the raiders last year (laughs) like i really do i know the raiders beat them last year but there were some some games that they lost that i feel like they should have won i think that this was a, a playoff caliber team last year that just, you know, missed some opportunities. But now, like, if they can get to third down and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack can pin their ears back and, and rush, <laughs> like, like, good night, you know, and Jerry Tillery for them. And John I think I can't remember Christian Jones or Christian Covington. I can't remember who the other defensive tackle was. Those were their two primary defensive tackles last year. And they, they had light boxes because it's Staley. So when your two defensive tackles are Jerry Tillery, who is atrocious against the run, mm. and then a guy who is cut this year, like literally cut, the guy next to Tillery. He was he's gone. So that's like that's like five hundred snaps, six hundred snaps of of horrible run defense that is gone. now vastly improved with the additions of Sebastian Joseph Day and and Morgan Fox, even. Like so, all of a sudden, their biggest weakness has been, like, improved by a, a huge majority. I mean, 600 snaps worth of better play than what you're getting last year in that area. Um, JC Jackson, he's someone who might miss the first two games of the season. But after that, like, you're going from your number one guy being Michael, Michael Davis, I think his name is. Uh, he's now just a depth piece. So all of a sudden you've got like your number one dudes are depth pieces in the secondary. They've got one of the best safety duos in the league. They've got Justin Herbert. Um, They they didn't really touch the offense. They were like, we're just going to kind of keep this the way it is pretty good. The Um, way it is. It is pretty good. The way it is. And last year, like I, the only thing that scares me on this team is Joe Lombardi. That's the only thing that scares me because they were not really giving Herbert many easy looks last season they actually were near the bottom closer to the bottom than the league in the top to deep shots. They actually did not hit that many explosive plays last year, despite the fact that they have this alien cyborg quarterback who is like both the smartest quarterback in the league and the the and the most like physically gifted. Like he's crazy. So I, I do I don't know if I trust their play calling. Um, but even with like I think Joe Lombardi being a little bit of a a hindrance more than a you know, this genius, they were still second in the league in offense in terms of yards and points per drive. So you're looking at a team that I think could have a top five defense and a top five offense basically is what I'm getting at. I think that they even despite this division. I mean, I could see them sweeping the Raiders. Yeah, even with I, could the, too. I could see I could see them sweeping the Denver Broncos like I you think see, they will. And I think they could beat the Chiefs twice, too. Like, I I think they could go, like... I think
0: Mahomes gets one, but I agree with you on the other I
1: agree, too. But, like, I I, I legitimately think, like, it's not crazy to project four and two in this crazy division. Not even a little bit. And they have one of the weaker schedules of, like, anyone in this division because they were third place. So, yeah, I I love 10. I love 10 for them. I, I think I projected them to be the best team in the league. I had them at, like, 15 and two or something like that, which is, like, not realistic, but... I, or it is, it's, it's not maybe the most likely outcome,
0: but it's not crazy, it's but it's not, not crazy, crazy, you know, it's like, not.
1: I think every year there is going to be some like team that is just great. Um, uh, obviously 50 to two is not like likely. If you were to simulate the season a million times, it would, it would mostly be around probably 11, 12, but even it's like that, a 95th, over. 95th, but like, percentile I think they can, not a 99th percentile. I think they can hit the high end of their of their potential is basically what I'm betting on. So yeah, I love their over
0: Theo and I are on the exact same page. That was going to be my second favorite more. The only reason it's my second favorite, because we're about to get into awards and you're going to see how much I love these Los Angeles chargers. But the reason why is because I think the Eagles have to Theo's point, one of the easiest schedules and I think that line at nine and a half, I'm much more confident the Eagles getting 10 wins. While I still love the Chargers to go over, it's more of a line play when we're talking in the gambling sense. But in the football sense, the Chargers could be one of the best teams in the league. And that's also one clearly one of my best bets. Matt, are we all on the same page here? Are you far over 10? Or are you a little
2: scared about something? No, I'm far over 10. I'm, I'm right there with them, I think. I agree about the defensive line play is just going to be so much ridiculously better. And they really didn't have good luck last year. I'm um, big on Herbert. I think the whole team is pretty stacked. I think they're well-coached. I think they'll easily beat that. Before we start shitting on teams, is there any team
0: that you guys like again to go over? Maybe it's not your absolute favorite, like the Saints or the Chargers, but something you'll definitely be not gambling on.
1: I think the Seahawks are underrated right now a little bit. I, see them, mention- I see them mentioned as like a potential first overall pick team with uh, the Falcons and the, the Bears and... And Seahawks like, are better than them. the Seahawks are trying, you know, the Seahawks are trying more than them. The Seahawks like, this is not a year. The bears know they're going to suck. I know they know that this is a year to take their lumps. It's a new regime. Same thing with like the giants who have a substantially higher win total than the, the Seahawks I'll say, which we'll get into unders, but like, I think that doesn't make much sense. Cause I think Brian Dable, they just cut Blake Martinez. They know that this is a year of purging and not a year of contending. The Seahawks are, I think Pete Carroll is like, where? I mean, we're one of the best coaches in the NFL. It. I think, yeah, I, I really do think that he is a super underrated. All the Seahawks fans will get mad at me, but I I really think Pete Carroll is an underrated head coach. Why would they get mad at you? They hate Pete Carroll. Seahawks Why? fans do not like Pete Carroll. Well, they thought that he held back Russ and ran it too much and was too conservative. And, you know, I, I think a lot of games. They've won a lot of games. I think they're a little bit mistaken, but um, yeah, I think that Gino is a guy who, if we get Jets Gino, like that could be bad. But <laughs> Jets Gino was like seven years ago, and like if we can get Seahawks Gino with what he looked like when in his short stint last year and what he looked like in the preseason, I mean that can be a guy like jacoby Brissett, who all of a sudden you get to the end of the year and you realize oh dang he was like statistically the 18th best quarterback this year in epa per drop like he can be someone who i I think his floor is a lot higher than people think it is i think that it's like is the ceiling high no um will he be one of the best quarterbacks absolutely not but like can he be one of those guys that we look at at the end of the year and say like oh he was fine i think he can be and um I worry about the, the secondary a lot, but I actually think the offense and the rushing attack. Um, and I I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. It's not a bet that I love, but if, if they're at five and a half, can this be a six win team, a seven win team? Can they be two games below 500? Like, yes. And that's still hitting the over. So I don't know. I think they'll probably win like six, seven games which is not great, but it's not quite at the bottom, which is where people think they are.
0: I look at it like this. If the Falcons can win seven games, anybody can win seven games last year. And I think the Seahawks have one of the most (laughs) underrated rushing attacks in the NFL. I think with Rashad Penny and their new guy that they just got in Kenneth Walker, I think that this is a very underrated rushing attack. And when you have a good rushing attack with a guy like Pete Carroll, who to your point, why Seahawks fans might not like him, The fact that he runs the ball, knows how to run the ball effectively. I think you can put the ball on the ground and win games ugly more often than not. Are they going to win eight games? No. I don't even know if they're going to win seven games. But I also pegged them at six wins. Not enough for me to bet on it. Not enough for me to bet on the over. I certainly wouldn't go on the under. But I think they're a six-win team. When you look at their schedule, I pegged six wins in there. But I was scared to peg seven. And when you look at the Seahawks, where they're favored, when you look at their full schedule and just look at the point spread, they're not favored in many of them. So they're really going to have to have some kind of come from behind wins. But if there's a head coach on a really bad team that I believe can do that, it's Pete Carroll. I don't understand why Seahawks fans don't like him so much. I can understand why they don't love him. I don't
2: understand why you don't like him. Matt, where are you at on the Seahawks? I like him, but I, I think six is probably about fair. Uh, yeah. I think Gino is still like Gino, I think will be serviceable. It's Gino um, Smith. Like, right. But you know, yeah, but their, their defense is going to be, I think pretty rough. Um, But uh, like if, if they got seven wins, if they were like one of the surprising, like not competing for the playoffs, but not as bad as people thought they'd be. I wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me even a little bit. Who's your favorite
0: um, well, I guess we could start moving into the unders um, unless Matt, you have one more favorite over that you're definitely looking at.
2: I think I'm looking at the unders, right? Let's now. go to the
0: unders. Let's go to the unders. Let's start with you. Why not?
2: I do not see six wins for the bears. That's I one of my that favorites that, too. Love it. We're on the that same that roster. I've already,
1: so. be- I've already bet that one. Now, <laughs> when I bet it. The day the lines came out, it was at seven for the bears. I think they're going to be the Should worst team like, in football.
2: The
0: worst team like, in football
2: is think- the Chicago bears this year. And, like, I think it's between them or the Falcons, and they've got the Falcons at five, and even I feel We're not terrible about, about under that too. under either. We're going to talk but about that, too. I, I just I just don't see it for this Bears team. They've lost so much defensive talent, and on offense. I mean, their offensive line is going to be terrible. They've got some of the worst receivers in the league, and they've got a, a young guy who needs a, a really nice supporting cast in Justin Fields to develop. Um, I, I think that it was, it was really rough last year for Fields, I don't see how that offense isn't one of the worst in the league. It didn't help them. Uh, and I think I think they're gonna be, be you know, I think they're gonna be a little bit better coached for sure. But I just I just think the talent gap for them versus, you know, even some of the other teams, like a Seahawks, for example. I mean, okay, yeah, they're not great, but I like their offensive line and they've got good receivers and they've got good running backs. And you can see that I don't see how this offense is is winning. I don't see how they're generating wins with this offense. And I think they've lost a lot of defensive talent.
0: So their line is around six and a half. I got it at six and a half. I already bet it. Um, On some places, it's moved down to six. Theo, would you take it at five and a half? Would you take the under? They didn't help Justin Fields. They just decided, you know what? You
1: know, we got a second-year guy. Why add around him? I would say this. What's the plan there? A bottom five team in the league. It's like when you think of like the fifth overall pick in the draft, they're usually at like four or five wins. All right. And if you think about the Bears, like are there five worst Like you've got to project them to be picking in the top five. I think like it's it's pretty hard not to. And with where they'll be picking in the draft, like if you stack up their talent against all the other teams, I think you got to project him at like four or five wins. I've got him at four. So yeah, I would take the under. Um, I do think maybe the defense could be pleasantly like maybe the deep like Roquan Smith, Jaquan Brisker has looked great this preseason. Uh, if Jalen Johnson and and Kyler Gordon can be all right, like with Robert Quinn and and Roquan, like they were about average last year, and they just added a much better head coach, I think in Matt so maybe you could say they this is a league average or maybe even like a thirteenth fourteenth rated defense. Then you could see like if Fields develops, they could they could hit the over, but like I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. If I it develops.
0: Who's he throwing I don't to? think
1: they're the I I don't have them dead last in the league. That's the team I'll talk about next, but yeah, okay. under 6 is is bad. But the bet I like more is Giants under 7 because I think the mm-hmm. Giants could be the worst team in the league. I think people are giving Brian Dable a little bit too much credit in terms of his resume and in terms of their expectations for this Giants offense. Okay, Brian Dable his the rank and passing DVOA. So When he, after Josh Allen's break or before Josh Allen's breakout in 2020, Brian Dable led the following ranked passing offenses in the league. 20th with Josh Allen, 31st with Josh Allen, 32nd with Matt Castle, 18th with Matt Moore, 22nd with Colt McCoy, 29th with Brady Quinn, 23rd with Brett Favre, and 19th with Chad Pennington. So those are no top 10, like... None of those are elite. None of those are even above average. And you could say like, this isn't Dable slander because the castle, Matt Moore, Colt McCoy, you know, two thousand eight, Brett Favre, like these are not good quarterbacks. But Daniel Jones sucks. Okay, sucks. so like, is he someone that like has a has a long history of develop like taking like a Jimmy Garoppolo caliber or like he's he's not like Kyle Shanahan where I can point to him and be like, you know, when they were had a. Nick Mullins out there that the passing offense wasn't dead last or when they had Jimmy Garoppolo like we don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that good but yet still he looks like a a top 10 quarterback statistically like that is not what these passing offenses look like Ryan Dable does not have a and he's not going to turn around Josh like he's not going to turn around Daniel Jones like maybe he turned around Josh Allen because Daniel Jones just doesn't have that kind of talent so I think they're going to be one of the worst passing offenses in the league you look at their receiving core. Kenny Galladay looks horrible. Okay. He just straight up looks like they would cut him if they could, uh, but they can't. You've got Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney. And I like Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard. I like Tony it, too. They're so injury prone. It's like, there's, I think there's going to be weeks where they're trotting out Juan Dale Robinson as their best receiver. And it's like, eh, you know, it's, I don't think Evan Neal is going to be great right away. I, I don't like Andrew Thomas took like, a whole year before he got good i think like what i've seen from evan Neal, you could see something like that they're starting a rookie third rounder at left guard like they're they're like their offensive line still looks bad their receiving core is unreliable their 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 quarterback is bad and and i think that people are like oh they've got dable oh they've got an easy schedule like their offense is going to be all right it's gonna he's going to turn him into a decent offense i don't know if he is and then if you look at the defense wink martindale is their defensive coordinator Last year, Wink Martindale was with the Ravens. The Ravens, Wink Martindale loves to blitz. He blitzes and blitzes and blitzes all the time. And it was fine when the Ravens had Marlon Humphrey and they had Jimmy Smith and they had uh, Marcus Peters. You could blitz and hold up in man coverage. Last year, all of those guys were hurt. They had like Anthony Everett as cornerback as one and dudes who should be on a practice squad as number two. Like, And he was still blitzing. And the Ravens passing defense was one of the worst of the last decade because of it. So Wink Martindale is going to do what he does. Okay. He's going to blitz. One thing about him, if you look at the giants secondary, Adori just to start out with not, they haven't faced any injuries yet. You've got a Jackson as corner one, and you've got Aaron Roberts, Robinson, who is getting torched in the preseason as corner two, like, you're going to be able to throw on this team. You are going to be, if you could just pick up the blitzes and you've got Kayvon and Azizos Jalari as your as your primary pass rushers who are young guys who have been facing injuries this offseason. So it's like, is their pass rusher going to be good? Don't think so. Their linebackers after cutting Blake Martinez are horrible. Their, their secondary is horrible. Their offense is led by Daniel Jones. It's like, this is a horrible team. And it's okay because I think that they've got a good coach and they've got a good GM. But this just isn't the year. They're 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 just got. This is a year where they gotta take their lumps and purge all the mistakes Gettleman made, and they're gonna win like three games.
2: <laughs>
1: not- <laughs> then they need to get rid of the Gall. Then they can get rid of the Galladay contract. They can replace Daniel Jones. They can do all these. Like they can get a better corner room. But like right now, this roster is just not it. And they're just gonna suck. That's and Giants fans don't understand that. They're like, "Oh, Brian Dable." They're like, "Why did we cut Blake?" Mar-? They were so torn up about the Blake Martinez cut. It's like, bro, you. St- this I, I told him. This is like, this is like at the, pay- the the Texans cut like Rex Burkhead. Like, it just doesn't matter. It you suck either way. It doesn't matter. This is not. This does not move the needle in your playoff chances at all. It's like, oh, are you linebackers are so bad? Yeah, it's okay. No. Because next year they're going to get better. Matt, Theo,
0: Theo could convince me like I've never been convinced before to take an under. They finished 4-13 and 13 last year. If you don't convince me any other way, I'm putting a bet right after this podcast. Like, is there any way they get to seven wins? I mean,
2: their schedule is I, easy. I, after all yes. that, I'm not telling you to take the over. That's for yeah. sure. Um, I, I, and I, I don't disagree. They, three urging, wins better. Three wins better than last year? right i mean I, I i don't see it either i don't love daniel jones bad offensive line don't trust the receivers i mean you you just made the argument you can dislike every single unit pretty much of this team um so to get a team like this to seven wins you have to think brian Day. all is of their young like, yeah you'd have, have to best.
1: say you'd have to be like okay they're like kenny Galladay is going to be fine Kadarius is going to be really healthy like Evan Nealing, if, if like all of their young players are great right away, like all of a sudden Daniel Jones is like a career year under Dable and Tony is healthy and Galladay, maybe he's not quite what they paid for, but he's like a good receiver. And Kayvon just comes in and is like a rookie of the year candidate and Evan Neal is good. It's like if all of those things happen, like, yeah, they have an easy schedule. They can beat the likes of the Panthers. They can beat Washington. They could beat. You know Detroit and Houston and Jacksonville and Seattle and and you know yeah those teams and Houston on their schedule like they've got some winnable games there they've got some winnable games there and if they win all their easy ones and like upset a few teams then they might be at like eight wins they might be at like nine wins but it has but to go perfectly it and has Staquon to go one has to rush
0: for two thousand yards.
1: It has to go perfectly, and already things are going wrong. Already, you know, Kadarius is questionable for week one. Already, Kayvon is questionable. Already, Azizo Ojulari has been hurt. So it's like, yeah, good luck. Like, if the Giants prove me wrong, like, I, I, I don't even think they care. I don't even think they care if they suck this year. I really don't. I think Brian Dable, I think that people are delusional about the Giants. I don't think people realize just that they're at a year where they are like they're really like they're like suck. the
2: Falcons like no Falcons right. like it's just Fal- not the Falcons happen. you're tanking
1: for a quarterback basically. Falcons know that the, the Giants fans and people people don't realize this about the Gi they don't realize that they don't have the guys to run the scheme that they want to run they don't realize they they their head coach is probably like they oh this quarterback's not going to be here next year they, they they don't realize all of this for some reason they're like oh Dable we won four games last year. We can double that this year. It's like, <laughs> why would you want to? That puts you at eight, you know, that you're 500. Like, you want Daniel Jones off your team. Like, they don't want to. I, I'm sure they do want to make the playoffs this year, but that is not like, that is not their goal. Their goal is to like evaluate their young pieces and like know what building blocks are there. Like, in three years, no one on this team is going to, it's going to look completely different. It's going to look like, The Jets like Darnold era compared to now like there are no players from the Darnold era that are there now the Giants are in that stage right now outside of like Kayvon and Evan Neal none of these Giants are going to be on the team in two years like that's just the way it is maybe so
0: Bears and Giants fans have turned off this podcast already they're like this is stupid my team is going to be way better than what you guys think let's continue and make more fans turn off um, Matt I want to get to your under but first I really want to talk about the Tennessee Titans because this is more of a line play I don't think that the Tennessee Titans are a bad team of course they aren't but under nine and a half is a line that I already took I they yes. have a pretty tough schedule they were and they were also kind of lucky they were six and two and one possession games I don't think they have any real offensive threats outside of Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry is a guy who's going to have a huge workload this season and unless he stays fully healthy I don't think it's a very good offense they're only favored in eight games in opening lines so they'll pretty much have to sweep those then pull off two upsets I think the Colts like I said I think they're going to win the division I think the Colts are loaded I think the Jaguars are going to be better this year and they lost AJ Brown. I know that's not the biggest thing in the world, but I just look at their offensive weapons. And I say is Ryan Tannehill. If Derek Henry goes down going to lead them to 10 wins, I just can't see it. Not to say that the Tennessee Titans again are a bad team. I still like their roster overall. I still think that they have a good defense. I love Rabel as a head coach. I think he's one of the best in football, but when I look at the Tennessee Titans, I don't see 10 wins. Am I off there, Matt?
2: I agree with you. Um, I don't love their offense. I think the big thing is that their offensive line is rough. I think it's worse than it was last year. I mean, you've got Nicholas Petit Frere. He's going to be starting game
1: one. Uh, I don't even know who <laughs> that <these
2: guys>. is. <laughs> you know,
1: like, oh, Ohio State fans watch some Aiden Hutchinson film. Right. And you'll find out pretty quickly who he is. I mean, they have got,
2: I mean, I didn't even know this until right now. I just looked it up. I've got Dennis Daly <laughs> plotted to start who was on the Panthers last year, who, you know, notoriously had such a great offensive line. Um, and I, I think you look at Derek Henry last year and it's like, okay, even ignoring like the whole getting over and the injury pro- or getting older and the injury prone stuff, the efficiency started to slip a little bit. Like he was not very efficient. I mean, they were running him like crazy. He would have had 400 carries, but that makes me a little nervous that, okay, so we need him to improve his efficiency coming off an injury as he's getting older with a worse offensive line. I don't, that does not sound great to me. I like, and I I can see a world where Robert Woods is good off an injury and then rookie Traylon Burks is good right away. But I think it's just as likely that that receiving core doesn't work out both the way that you want it to when it's weak. I mean, if both those guys aren't in the higher end of like possible outcomes for them, you're looking at a weak receiving core, weak offensive line, Obviously, I, I I don't want to doubt Derrick Henry too much, but there's definitely some question marks. And then Ryan Tannehill. That offense scares me. And you're not saying that, again, you're not saying they're going to be bad. No. You're saying they're going to win nine games. So I that, agree.
0: That's what I'm saying. Nine and a half, that line. I don't see them as a double-digit win team. Theo, what do you think?
1: I have been pushing some Titans narratives a little bit because I was down on them last year. I was down on I thought they weren't going to be that good after losing. Who did they lose? Arthur, Joe, uh, Arthur Smith, and I looked at them, and I was like, "This team, after losing him, like I didn't quite believe in Tannehill. I really didn't believe in the defense. I was like, they remind me of the Vikings after the Vikings lost Stefanski, where the star power is there, but the depth isn't. Their pieces and the defense aren't that good, and um, like they they struggle despite like the high on talent like Henry and AJ Brown and." Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons like the rest isn't just doesn't move me um and then they won 12 games despite the fact that Henry got hurt despite the fact that AJ Brown was in and out of the lineup despite the fact that you know um their offensive line wasn't that good like they were one of the more injured teams last year and they still won 12 games and were the one seed granted they were one of the worst one seeds ever but like they're getting some stuff back this year but so I originally I like I would have like the over here I would have said why are people like why do people think they can't re- at least repeat what they did last year um now that they're healthier but if you think about it too <laughs> and they just lost Harold Landry it's who, dude,
2: here's here's if you think about it just going into this year and you you don't you throw out like well they were better than I thought last year I just don't love the offense it's just too many questions if for you me stack to get them, behind. if
1: you stack them up talent wise with all the other teams in the league they are probably middle of the pack and where is the past like harold landry had 12 sacks for them last year and and was had i think what am i looking yeah. at here like 47 hurries or something like that it looks like he is someone who is important for them because they also like to send a lot of like different blitzes drop some guys into coverage so you don't know who exactly is coming and harold landry is a pretty athletic like nimble dude and you can drop him back into coverage. So he was kind of important to what they were doing last year, even from like a, a simulated pressure. Look, I do still like their defense, even with him out, because in looks like that you can tend to um, maybe generate some, some artificial pressure or whatnot, but like Danico Autry had nine sacks last year and was actually led their team in pressures. He's still there. Jeffrey Simmons is still there and, and he could even take another step after he was, one of the best defensive, like a top five defensive tackle last year. I could see him even being more productive in the pass rush category. Uh, You have still got Kevin Byard. You have still got um, Amani Hooker, who was pretty good last year. Um, Christian Fulton was nice. Uh, You've got a first round pick in, um, why can't I remember his name? Uh, The first round pick who had the back injuries from Virginia Tech. I don't remember his name, but. um, It can't be that good then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah he was injured last year but he's you so know everybody talented. if you don't know him I mean <laughs> he was a first round pick I know I know Caleb what, um Caleb Farley that's who he is Caleb Farley. um but he's he's got <laughs> limitless potential and he's he should be healthier this year so the defense I still like I still do like Derek Henry I think that he is someone who finished top 10 in the league last year in yards and touchdowns and Robert Woods and, and Traylon Burks and like I could still see them winning this division, I guess, Hmm. but it is, it is tough. Like the receiving core, if Traylon Burks, who has had kind of a rough preseason, isn't like that dude right away. And, and Robert Woods is like, if Titans Robert Woods is anything like Titans Julio Jones, where it's like, Oh yeah, that was that weird last stop that he was at that where he wasn't that good which you could definitely see like yeah the offense and and i'm not even the world's biggest Tannehill fan so i'm yeah, not the unders, a fan of his i the, do
0: not think he is a good quarterback i just under, don't
1: i think he can lead you to some good results i think he's fine i, I don't think he's bad i would not say to any Tannehill, bad quarterback but analytics definitely made him look a little bit better than he is i think in terms of like play action and, and pressing the easy button but um yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't bet the under at this point just cuz I could see them getting 10 wins and winning the division like they have the last 5 years basically. It's a good point. I could see it I could see it happening again. They've had a lot of success under Vrabel and with the the pairing of, of Tannehill and and Derek Henry. So, I could I guess I could see it going either way. I don't think it's a horrible bet. I don't know if I would bet it, but but I don't think it's a horrible bet. I suppose.
0: Well, I already did, and we're locked in. And locked in. Tennessee Titans are going to finish with seven wins. Going to be one of the worst teams in football. Hopefully, uh, Matt, who's the team that you really, really don't like moving into the
2: season? Um, I'd say I'm a little bit skeptical of the Dolphins line. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's kind of crazy. It's like okay. The Eagles line is nine and a half. The Dolphins line is nine. I think the gap between those two and maybe that's maybe that's not the best way to look at it because we like the Eagles line so much. But I think with the Dolphins, there's a lot more question marks about them. Um, like, I, I don't trust the offensive line. Obviously, there's Tua, So it's, it's kind of like a similar scenario there where it's like people think the rest of the roster around the Dolphins is going to be so good. Um, or around two, I mean, it's going to be so good that they'll make it work. But I, I don't think it's nearly as strong as it is with with Philadelphia. Um, and I understand and now you've got no, no Brian Flores. It makes me worry for the defense a little bit that I think was doing some uh, pretty interesting stuff and losing him, I think it'd be a pretty big deal. So I don't know. If I Maybe, maybe I, I wouldn't trust the under as much as I trust the under with like the Bears or the Giants, but uh, I'm definitely cautious of them. I almost thought that that line was telling us something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little weirded out by it. And, they're, yeah. they're, and I guess, you know, they get some games against the Jets, but I, the Patriots are still going to be a tough game, and the Bills are obviously going to be a tough game. It's not – that that's not a gimme. When I read that line, I thought
0: push. I thought I saw nine wins on their schedule. I'm actually kind of high on the Dolphins this year. What's your opinion, Theo?
1: I've talked myself into them a little bit. Um,
0: me too. I feel like, but I don't know if they deserve it, but I'm still doing it.
1: I, I guess I, I, I guess I have more faith in their coaching staff and that direction and firing Flores now than I did right after it happened. Um, cause I do remember the constant fight, like constant undermining of Tua in, in terms of benching him and in terms of like not naming him a captain year two and in terms of, like, players going to the press anonymously and, like, talking shit about him. And maybe some of the locker room dynamics that that Flores had were a little, like, weird, which is what Dolphins fans keep telling me, is, like, you know, he wasn't quite as liked as, as people think. So maybe, like, some a very chill and likable guy will uh, create... <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I think Hill and Waddle are really good. Who's faster? Hill. Hill's faster than anyone ever. Okay. <laughs> like as far as I'm concerned.
0: Not according to Waddle though.
1: Not according to Waddle. I mean Hill did get beat. They did that race at the Pro Bowl and like Micah Parsons won the race and it was like Chubb, Tyreek, Parsons, and I can't remember the other guy. And Micah it doesn't played, which seem is terrifying. Real. But but, uh, but Hill did kind of like trip and was late coming out of the gate. But, uh, anyway, I, I do think that they can, I look at San Francisco, right? Cause they're going to try to be San Francisco. And I look at what they were doing running the football and it's like, okay, with Connor Williams and Teron Armstead and, and hunt, I'm like, there's, those are three decent offensive line pieces. There's still two that were quite bad, but they can get more out of the running game just because they're probably going to spend so much more time doing it and like the 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 offense that they want to run because it's san francisco is just like can tua be jimmy g i think he can be can waddle and hill be debo and just catch in breakers and take them for 20 yards over and over again i'm like yeah they probably can do that and like yeah like if if mcdaniel is is good at implementing like what if he is in the same stratosphere as kyle shanahan as a play caller which is high praise but like he's been with shanahan for a long time if he can be like anywhere close to shanahan as a play caller i think the offense can be all right and the defense like with holland and Xavier howard and uh like a fine front that's where it kind of gets me is the defense but they still kept the same defensive coordinator as they had under flores so there is some continuity there And I think, like, I'm sure that that defensive coordinator, like, knows how to call a similar defense and the amoeba looks and the the zero blitzes and all that. Like, I don't think those are completely going away. So nine sounds about right to me. I think Uh, I I kind of agree with you where it's it's a little bit more push than like, oh, yeah, juicy over. Exactly,
0: Matt. I wouldn't go over.
1: Yeah, I, like I'm not, I, I'm not. I don't know Peggy if I like. I don't know if I like the under. That's where I'm at. Like I don't know. There, I don't one. like Tua though. I don't like Tua is the thing. Like I, a I don't think Tua guy? is. No, I'm not a Tua non guy. I think Tua <laughs> like stinks. So that's why <laughs> I'm stinks. like, oh man, I don't know. But I don't know if he stinks. Can he be, can he be Jimmy G? Probably. He does stink. He stinks. Like Do you think I'm, he stinks? I'm, he has why? no arm because he has no arm strength. And his go watch the Titans game. Tua is lucky that the Titans game with the playoffs on the line, like week 16 last year or something like that, was not a nationally televised game. He was Hmm. missing throws. High schoolers should hit. (laughs) All right. His footwork is bad. His mechanic, like for a pro-ready guy, he's not good at, like JC Jackson said once, if Tua has to get to a second read, he'll just throw it up, is what JC Jackson said. And it's kind of true. Like he is not like, he is not this like pro like this very like mechanically sound but limited passer Mm -hmm. no he's like a, a bad mechanical bad passer so i mean he's got some accuracy to him and like he was pretty good running like the rpo stuff which was just you know make a it's very simple for him just like whatever the defense does read it and then hit it short and like see what can i so he's like good at that which makes me think like he can be good at like the the 49ers stuff but like he's if he had to run a real like I think this year my big prediction is they move on from him after this year even if he's like the 15th or 14th best quarterback in the league statistics I I think he needs to be like real good and like special this year because I think the rest of the roster around him could get like really scary really fast if like all of a sudden uh a Lamar Jackson becomes available or something
0: I mean I I have to be honest like Matt I just want to get your final thoughts on the Dolphin I think two is going to be better than Ryan Tannehill this year like, I think I Tua think... will have a better season when we look at the number. Maybe not some of the analytics, because, you know, the analytics always lean they towards Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. They yeah. love Ryan Tannehill. And I
1: I think they can love Tua for the same reason they loved Ryan Tannehill. I think though. you're right. And like I think maybe can, the
0: counting numbers will favor just,
1: Tua. They can just, like, design some easy looks. And then instead of just, like, you know, hitting hitting A.J. Brown and, you know, having him run 50 yards, it can be hit tyree kill and have him run 50 yards
2: so i'm down i'm down yeah. i think that if you put an amazing support okay he's got a great coach who's going to have great stuff schemed up for him and he's got great receivers and the supporting cast is awesome i think if things go right he could be a league average quarterback that guy is not good
1: that guy sucks if, if everything if everything has to be right for you yep. to be good so you'll stay. You yep. stay. So and true. that's the same thing with baker when all oh. the Browns fans who were like, Baker's top 10. Baker's better than Lamar Jackson, which is a legitimate Blast take that I heard. I legitimately heard that take last year is like, are mm-hmm. they close? And people were like, yes, because the analytics were close. But like, if you need to be, and and again, like, oh, just give Baker a, you know, he had the best. He was under pressure less than any other quarterback. And they're like, oh, and he still wasn't a top 10 guy. And they're like, oh, well, just get him you know, this and this and this in the wide receiving core, and then he'll be great. It's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. He will be great. If he has the best offensive line and the best running backs and the best wide receivers, you know, you will be good, you know, like perfect. Great. Awesome. But I think,
0: yeah. I think that's more than fair. Let's talk about some, any other underwind totals before we get into our award picks. Um, I have one more for you guys. And after our conversation, I think that you'll agree with it. I mean, I'm on the Falcons under five wins. I think they have one of the worst rosters in the NFL, maybe the worst roster. Um, they have a quarterback combination of Marcus Mariota and a rookie in Desmond Ritter, who I didn't even love that much coming out in college. They have one of the hardest schedules in football. And when you look at who they're favored, um, in, when you look at some of these opening lines, they're favored in two games and it's not by more than two points. So, they realistically could go over. Don't think they will. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they don't win a game this year. They won seven games last year. They were seven and two in one possessions. So, they're one of the luckiest teams in football. And it's, it's hard to just disintegrate the conversation when we say that they're lucky because they were good in one possession games. But when you were seven and two in them, you had Matt Ryan, and now you don't have Matt Ryan anymore. They just are. I think if it's not the Bears, if it's not the Giants, we're looking at the Falcons winning two to three games. So I'm going way under five. Matt, what do you think?
2: I don't know. I uh, <laughs> The line is just so low for them that it almost worries me a little bit, but I don't disagree. I think the roster is horrible. They've got a few players that I, like, really like, and I'm not here for the Desmond Ritter slander, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, um, That's fair. Commits me. That's <laughs> uh, – Desmond Ritter being a plus quarterback as a rookie is, is, it's not happening, I'm afraid. And I, I, I like them as a prospect. I liked that pick for them, but that I don't think it moves the win total this year, if even if it does work out. Um, I, so I, I overall agree. I think the receiver depth is, is terrible. Um, and I, I, their offensive line is terrible. They're not going to have good quarterback play. They lack a lot of defensive talent. They've got some things to be excited for. I think they're going to have a really fun roster next season. I think they're going to get really high pick and a quarterback this season in the draft. But it's not, it's not their year, so I don't hate that bet.
0: But, Matt, to your point, if they get a really high pick, you think they should go quarterback, even though you love Desmond Ritter?
2: I, I would say if you land the number one overall pick, you have a chance that – Right now, it looks like a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, right? Are you going to not take that because you have a third-round quarterback on your roster? What, what What's the chances that Very true. Ritter works they, out?
1: Plus, they should start Ritter. like if, they should. If, if it's seven games into the season and they're one in six, they should start Ritter for the remaining ten and see what they have and see if it's like a, a Davis Mills situation where, like, hey – You know, there might be something to this third round pick, and then you can take a a Stingley or or something like that. Or, you know, if they're, if they go one and six with Mariota, and then they go four and five with Ritter, then maybe you take a Will Anderson or or something like that. But is that going to happen four and five? I cannot see that. Like, right.
0: And that's, that's five wins. Like I don't see them getting five wins. I'd see one and six with Mariota. I could see 0-7 very clearly with Marcus Mariota. But then you put Desmond Ritter in there. And to your point, I agree. I I, I would start him almost immediately. I think part of the, part Mariota of the goal doesn't of have this
1: season. Much. Part of the goal of this season should be evaluating him instead of just like straight up winning games. Like, I legitimately think that should be a goal of their season is to know what they have in him. If Marcus Mariota has you, in the the thick of the wild card race then like yeah you can i'll you be can shocked mariotta but it's just not happening and yeah so i think like you're gonna see ritter for a little bit and ritter was my favorite quarterback in this draft i'll say that i wow. i he was my favorite um i had like a early a second quarterback round grade draft, on though. him it was a weak quarterback draft i think ritter his pocket movement is good he throws with legitimate anticipation um And I think that he's the best when it comes to just like reading out concepts and being poised. Mm -hmm. I think that those are the two things that he's the best at. There were more like that window is not open yet. And already he is starting to throw. And then when the, the ball leaves his hands, the linebackers part, and he hits it like right in between them or something like that. Like if you go watch the game against Georgia, that's the game where it's like, if you wanted to know like the Ritter hype, go watch his junior year against Georgia. And I think it was the Sugar Bowl before his left tackle hurt, and they had Matthew Spawn Hour out there playing left tackle. But like before that, like the anticipatory throws he was hitting and the pocket presence that he was displaying was like really nice. So that's always why I like Ritter is like he almost reminds me a little bit of like a discount Trevor Lawrence um, in that he's kind of skinny, he's tall, he's skinny like Lawrence. He's got uh, like he's one of the he I think. He, Ritter has the fastest quarterback combine time of anyone in the league right now, which is crazy. But that's because that's because all the fast quarterbacks didn't run at the combine, but like Ritter has got some underrated wheels. He has major accuracy issues, which was is my biggest concern about Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, But I think like their college, these, these college winners who are these tall skinny, I'm really impressed by their pocket presence and ability to read things out like kind of, kind of guys. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. There's guys that I like. I think there's a chance that Ritter is a franchise guy. Is it like a chance above 50%? No. I love Kyle Pitts. I'm a big Drake London fan. I love AJ Terrell. Um, but outside of that, it's like, yeah, you, all of these guys are bad. So I could see him winning four. I could see him winning five. Could I see them winning six? Could I see them winning seven and being just as good as they were last year, despite the loss of Matt Ryan and the additions of, of – You know, Arnold Evichetti, like, no. Yeah, I I love Kyle
0: Pitts as a talent. I think he is already one of the best tight ends in the league. But at the same time, I think he's the best player on the Falcons. And I think when you have Kyle Pitts as this best player on the Falcons as a second-year tight end with no real quarterback to throw to him this year, I think they're really going to struggle. I like some of those guys on defense too, but I think they're going to have one of the worst defenses in football. I don't think the offense is ever going to get going and then they're going to put in Desmond Ritter and we're going to see what we get, but I don't see wins out of Desmond Ritter, at least initially. So I just think it's going way under five. I think this is a three-win team. That's what I pegged him at.
1: I have them as like a, a four or four or five, I think. I think they'll win, right. win four or five instead of two or three. That's like my t- hot take about these five. It's a hot take. Okay. But the <laughs> they'll fact win that, four that it's or a hot five, take is them getting to four. I think five take, is a yeah. safe bet.
0: I think five is a pretty safe bet. Any other unders before we move on to awards, guys?
1: That's all my unders. That's all mine, too.
0: Perfect. Let's get. I can in- maybe
1: say the Browns. The Browns at eight and a half. I think they could win with like six or seven, but we'll see.
0: I I would lean the under well. I pegged them at eight wins. Um, I don't have much to say about the Browns. Um, I just don't really want to watch the Browns all season and like have to focus yeah, on a bet I'm on them. Forget they're, about them until they are going to be 11. so boring in my. I'll opinion. Fuck,
1: yeah, in week eleven, I'll check up or week twelve. I'll be like, so what are they looking at now with Watson back? And then I'll be like, oh good or bad but before that i'm not interested but anyway yeah
0: let's talk about some awards let's talk about some awards and i want to start with um maybe the comeback player of the year and the coach of the year work our way up to the mvp i'll start with my comeback player of the year and you might see this trend with my other picks my comeback player is christian McCaffrey at plus 700 This guy has just dealt with injury year after year after year. But when he's on the field, he's one of the best talents in the NFL. At plus 700, I think the value is there for him. I think if he just stays healthy, it's one of those questions where if he just stays healthy, and when we look at the rest of the players, like Derrick Henry right now is the favorite, he's another guy. Like, the efficiency is down for him. He's also dealt with injuries in the past. I think that Christian McCaffrey, when on the field, will produce more offense than Derrick Henry, both at their peaks. So it's just a matter of... Can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy? I think that's worth it because did I draft him in fantasy football second overall? Am I slightly biased? Yes. But do I believe that he will stay healthy this year? Also, yes. I think it's worth it at plus 700. Theo, we'll start with you. Who's your comeback player of the year?
1: I might say, man, I think I will say it's Michael Thomas at plus 1300. I think that Michael Thomas, even when he was really good, people hit him with the slant boy narrative, slant boy, slant boy, and they didn't respect it. And then when he got hurt and he's been hurt, people were just completely ready to write him off because they don't think he was like super special in the first place. But I think Michael Thomas was super special in the first place. If you look at his first four, the first four years of his career, uh, it's like a pace that no one else has ever hit before it's like 1200 yards for four straight years from his rookie year until the offensive player of the year like nod then he got hurt and in 2020 he played a couple games before uh the the saints got bounced in the playoffs and when he played in those games in 2020 uh with washed with completely washed drew Brees and Taysom hill uh he had he, I thought he looked pretty good. There were some Falcons games, um, admittedly against some poor secondaries on the Falcons those years, but uh, where I thought he was running some really crisp routes and was making crazy catches outside of his frame, and he hit hundred yards despite the fact that it was Taysom Hill, like lobbing up beach balls to him. And if you look at his like per seventeen game numbers or like extrapolating his twenty twenty numbers over seventeen games. It was still like 1100 yards so like i i thought he was playing pretty damn well in that brief glimpse when we last saw him in 2020 after his offensive player of the year campaign this year maybe he'll be hurt again he's already questionable
0: me too i mean yeah. McCaffrey might be hurt again but the Christian reason McAfee why i'm might on
1: again be hurt again too but like exactly the talent and and the fact that i liked what i saw the last time he came out there i i I think that he can have a big year. I think that he can have a big year, and to get the odds at over for the, a guy this talented, mm-hmm. a guy I think that is like a bigger version of Devontae Adams. Like he's that good a route runner, and he's that good at exploiting zones, a man, and everything. Like I, I legitimately think this is a bigger Devontae Adams for a guy with that kind of ta- talent who's been gone for so long. So maybe voters will be like, oh, he came back after. You know being hurt for a really long time so maybe the narratives will be in his favor um but to get a guy that talented at, at plus 1300 i think is like pretty good but maybe if if the passing attack is good the comeback player of the year will go to Jameis. so maybe that's risky because like half of his success will always be Jameis's success and quarterbacks will always get the nod over any other position. so i don't know I
0: looked at Michael Thomas, too, and that was my worry because we're going to talk about Offensive Rookie of the Year, and there's a possibility that my Offensive Rookie of the Year is on the Saints as well, and I believe in Jameis this year. I almost think Jameis is a good look for a comeback player of the year. I think he's going to have at least a solid season. I agree with Matt's take on the Saints being better than a lot of people think. I think they go over their win total, and I think that Michael Thomas has a good year, but I think overall the Saints' offense is going to look good, and if I think they overperform a lot of people's expectations – it might go to Jameis Winston. Matt, who's your pick? Or before, yeah, Theo, you have any any last touches on that one?
1: Yeah, you might be right about that. I didn't realize Derrick Henry was even on this list because I thought his comeback happened already. Me too. I don't even know why he's the favorite. I don't know. Like, I think if he was, I just don't think, like, as time goes on, the narrative is going to be like, he should win comeback player of the year because I think people are going to be like, well, he already came back. Like, he was That's healthy I'm at the it's end like of last games. season. yeah he missed eight games he came back he's had a full healthy offseason i i just i think that he could be the most productive player of anybody on this list i really like he might be my pick if he actually was like didn't already come back so yeah Juju at plus that's that's kind of maybe more intriguing than michael thomas even is little 2000 i could buy but, that one matt what about I can you i see that maybe i'll change my pick
2: I like. Um, I haven't looked at the odds for any of these, so I just have my picks. Um, but I like J.K. Dobbins as comeback player of the year. He was the most efficient runner, um, partially because of the offense he's on uh, in his rookie season. I 100% believe in the talent, and I think there's a world where he gets a lot of carries and is 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 come comes back and has you know 12, 1300 yards. Um, and while I definitely think that like, okay, well, I like, I think McCaffrey may be a better player or something like that. I think Dobbins coming back, especially with all like the drama that has been stirred up over his injury stuff now. Um, And the fact that like, if he did it, he would really be breaking onto the scene and beating expectations more than maybe a McCaffrey would. Um, I, I think the narratives would work in his favor a lot. Also, I'm a Panthers fan, and I'm not going to be like, "Yeah, my prediction is that Christian McCaffrey will play 17 games and be perfect." So like, I'm going not with do the that. Ohio State, <laughs> right? So I'm going with the Ohio State <laughs> instead. <laughs> I think
0: that's more than fair, too. Just to go over the odds quickly, um, J.K. Dobbins is plus
2: 2,000. Plus 2,000. Yeah, I mean, like, I understand it's more of a sleeper pick. Like, yeah, it's the I would if you you know put a gun to my head and say pick the comeback player of the year, I'm going with a quarterback. I'll go yeah. with Jameis, right? Yeah, he's plus but, 500. Uh, right. But um, we're I looking think for at those odds. Dobbins, like, I, I, beating expectations is so important for these, like, narratives and awards. People, everyone expects Henry to be great. Everyone expects McCaffrey to be great. If, if Dobbins is breaking onto the scene and he's coming back from a bad injury and he's on a great offense, and I think he will put up big numbers, I think it'll work in his favor.
0: I agree. Um, it's funny when we look at the first five, Derek Henry at plus 350, Jameis Winston at plus 500, McCaffrey at plus 700, Baker Mayfield at plus 900, and Daniel Jones at plus 1,200. I'm not giving it to Daniel Jones. This is, this is just my thinking Baker, when I was going Mayfield. through it. Man. Baker Mayfield, I, I Baker don't Mayfield, see. Baker Mayfield, that's
1: such a funny comeback player because he didn't, he played <laughs> he just all just hasn't been life. good.
0: Came back from He's being coming bad. back from being bad. <laughs> yeah, he just did that. And that's <laughs> well, the same thing with Daniel Jones too. Like, for me, it's between McCaffrey and Jameis Winston. I do think Jameis Winston is great, but I was kind of in between on these both of these guys. And I went with the guy who in Christian McCaffrey, if healthy, could be the best overall offensive player in the league while Jameis Winston could outperform expectations, but I don't see Jameis Winston of all people leading them to 11, 12 wins and then being unbelievable. I just see him being better. I think Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, which is this, I mean, Matt, you're a Panthers fan. It's just the, it's the only question here. So if I'm going to gamble, if I'm going to get a plus 700 line, give me the guy who could win offensive player of the year. If he stays healthy. But just stay healthy.
1: I don't even see odds for this guy, but there's a really deep sleeper for comeback player of the year, and it's Carl Lawson for the Jets, who <laughs> tore his Achilles last training camp. But in 2020, plus five thousand, plus five thousand. I'm there you betting go. on that, dude. There you go, plus five thousand for a dude. Last time we saw him, he was eighth in the league in pressures when he was on the Bengals. Eighth, uh, he was just crushing training camp um, before he tore his Achilles, and that's. Obviously, scary for an edge rusher. You tore your Achilles. So I get why it's plus 5,000. But Carl Lawson is a guy who I tagged as a breakout candidate last year um, because he had so many pressures, and usually those convert more into sacks as the years go on. he has got He's really toolsy. I mean, he's he got bend. He's got strength. I've seen him hit hump moves, spin moves, chops, any kind of pass rushing moves. He's probably hit it. So he's a really talented player who is on no one's radar on a Jets team that, like, you know, he, he'll need to contribute right away. So uh, I think that he is someone that could have, like, a 12-sack season. If the Achilles, if he, like, bounces back well from the Achilles and he seems to be looking pretty decent, um, I think he's someone who could, like, all of a sudden hit double-digit sacks and maybe we start to, to bring up his name a little bit more. Little sprinkle on that never hurt anybody. A little sprinkle, it's plus five thousand. Let me put like five bucks on that. What does that win me? Like five exactly. When
0: we were going over our preseason picks in baseball, I don't know how locked in you guys are to the rookie of the year award race in the MLB, but a guy named Stephen Kwan. Is on, the, uh, is on the Cleveland Guardians, and he's not going to win it, of course, because Julio Rodriguez is most likely going to win in the American League, but he was plus 6,500 at the beginning of the year. Now he's probably going to finish third or fourth, so maybe that happens with a guy like Carl Lawson. Maybe he doesn't win it, but just that tail of the plus 5,000, the plus 6,500 is going to look and be very fun towards the end of the year. Let's get into the coach of the year. My coach of the year is Brandon Staley of the Los Angeles Chargers because I'm so far in on these Los Angeles Chargers. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl and on Tuesday on Not Gambling Advice, you are going to hear Super Bowl preview as well as a pick for week one on Thursday night football between the Bills and the Rams. So I'll probably be this is kind of a Chargers type episode. We're on the over. I'm on Brandon Staley and we're going to get into our MVP picks very soon plus 1500 for Brandon Staley, the coach of the year. I don't have much to say other than I think the chargers are going to win this division. And I think they're on their way to a super bowl. And I think that he's going to get a lot of shine and I like him at plus 1500, especially for the value. I think when we look at the rest of the coaches, you know, he's not the favorite, but the chargers are one of my favorite teams in the entire NFL Right now, it's Brian Dable, it's Nathaniel Hackett, it's Mike McDaniel, and Brian Brian Dable is
1: number one in terms of coach of the year. They're
0: all around the same. Like, there is no one favorite right now. It's actually Brian
1: Dable is the second. It's it's funny, they're
0: they're all tied. It's Kevin O'Connell, Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel, Nathaniel Hackett, Brian Dable, and Brandon Staley. They're all tied. I think when I look at those, I think the Chargers will have the best team out of all of those teams, so that's why I won with him. It's they're all around plus, anywhere between plus fourteen hundred to plus sixteen hundred. So Brandon Staley is my pick. Matt will start with you this time for Coach of the Year. Who you got?
1: I got Brandon Staley as well. I think Let's the Chargers go. are
2: going to be great, and they're going to give it to him. Simple enough.
1: I might go with Nick Sirianni. I think like the Chargers will be great, but I also think the Eagles are going to be really good. At like like we talked about. Love it. And I think if they're similar in record, people might look at
2: Siri less and quarterback say, play. He yeah, did it I with agree.
1: he did it with Jalen Hurts. You know, Staley's got Herbert and Khalil Mack and all this talent. So like, obviously they did good. Um, I think the the Eagles might have a might finish real high up in the NFC with the roster they've got. But I think like because quarterback and and even running back because Miles Sanders is like not someone that the average person likes very much so i think when people look at like the skill position players they're gonna say oh sirianni got this out of a a mid team or something like a a team with jalen hurts and and miles sanders at running back one like i think maybe that could be um maybe that could be a thing i also like matt lafleur plus i'm looking at uh 2200 right now if the packers are still the one seed in the nfc And I think they could be like, they really, they like, I don't know if I think it'll happen, but it's not the craziest thing in the world to think about if they're still the one seed in the NFC and they've been the one seed for like what three straight years, that's what it would be. And you look at Matt LaFleur who hasn't gotten one yet. And if they're the best team in the NFC again, and they just lost like the best wide receiver in football, and they're still putting up these results. I think they're going to say he, for what he's done over the last three years, how they kind of revitalized Aaron Rodgers' career after it looked like it was kind of on a little bit of a downturn at the end of the mark. McCarthy era. I think they could say he's due because he's been in that conversation two years in a row. And if he's in that conversation again, and the Packers are the best team in the NFC again, despite the fact that they lost, yeah, Devontae, like I said, I think that Lafleur at plus two, uh, plus two, plus 2,200 is uh, could be decent odds because he has been someone who's who's close for a while and uh, hasn't quite made it.
0: I agree with you there. I think that's good value there for Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers. Let's get into defensive rookie of the year. I'm going with the guy with the 10th best odds. So it's more of a sleeper. I think you could clearly go with Aiden Hutchinson. He's my favorite rookie. I think he's going to be electric this year, but I'm going to go look for some value. And I look at opportunity. I look at a rookie that has... that is going to a position of immense need for a really good team. So that defensive rookie of the year is Jordan Davis, a defensive tackle for the Eagles at plus 1400. When I was talking about the Eagles win total, they had a very tough time putting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run, at least with the top teams in the NFL. I thought, I think he's looked great in training camp and at plus 1400, that value is there for me, the big old kid out of Georgia. I think he's going to be a run stopper. I think you're going to see, Plenty, plenty of opportunity for him to make an impact on a defense that really needs a guy like him. So I'm going with him at plus fourteen hundred. Theo we'll go to you first for your defensive rookie of the year.
1: Yeah, I like um I think I might like George Karloftis. I think that George Karloftis is he's at plus two thousand right now, so that's also kind of a sleeper. But I mean, when you look at his game versus Aiden Hutchinson. It's not that different. They're not they're not in different stratospheres in terms of quality of player, they are. George Karloftis, uh, he won in a variety of different ways at Purdue. I thought his hand fighting was like the best in the class, his his chop rips and his swim moves and, and all of that. Uh he was he was good in that area, very technically refined for a, for a rookie, I think. Um and he's powerful. He's got a good bull rush, good athlete, good jump off the line. In the preseason, he was very disruptive. So and and he's gonna have to be a number one pass rusher on on a playoff team. So he's someone that I think could could hit ten sacks right away. I I think that that's not a If you think it about, that's the thing. It's like if you think this about Aiden Hutchinson, I think you can think all the same things about George Karloftis. But his odds are over twice as long. So I'm a I'm a George Karloftis stan, and with what he did in the preseason. And I think, you know, you've got Chris Jones in the middle of the field to chase guys out to the edges. So there could be some cleanup sacks there. Um, he's someone that I like at plus 2000. Uh, I think that he could be productive and and
0: important. I mean, they're five times as long. Aiden Hutchinson, plus 450. George Karloftis is around plus 2000. That's at oh, least yeah. the odds in front of me. You could be, maybe we're just looking at different no, odds I'm, here. I'm
1: just doing bad math. Yeah. <laughs> I was just assuming. No, you're right. It is. It's way longer than that. So yeah, I, I think that the, the 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 realistic chance that they have similar caliber seasons is, like, well within the range of possibilities, considering from what I saw from them as aspects Matt, but, uh, any
0: thoughts on our picks? And then give us your thoughts.
2: Um, I like those picks. I like Jordan Davis. I like Loftus. I'm going Hutchinson. I think he's the most talented guy. I think he's going yeah, to be he's starring in the defense from day one, whereas the other guys might not so much. I'd be a little worried that Davis isn't going to play the snaps to do it. Um, but with Hutchinson, I don't know. I I have a hard time seeing him not pan out. I think he'll rack up eight, nine, 10 sacks year one. And I think he's already got the hype going into it.
0: So the only reason I didn't pick him is because of the odds. I didn't think there was enough value there compared to the other rookies. I am in full agreement with you. I think he's the best rookie in the entire class. I think he's going to have the best overall rookie season, but just on a betting side, It was hard for me to lay plus 450 on him. Like when we look at, you know, for example, bringing it back to baseball for a second, Garrett Cole was the prohibitive favorite in the American League to win the Cy Young at around plus 450. That's not happening. Like sometimes it just doesn't happen. Not that he wasn't and is still is one of the best pitchers in baseball, but it's just when the value isn't there. Like, for example, I had Aaron Judge plus 1800 to win. The American League MVP. He wasn't the favorite there, but now that's looking really good in baseball. Like I always feel that I have to get at least plus 700 like a Christian McCaffrey to make it make sense when I'm looking right. at a, your type bet. But to your point, I I want to put money on 800s. Like I think he's clearly the best rookie. I think he's clearly not maybe not clearly, but probably going to have the best rookie year of anybody. And that could move us right into offensive rookie of the year, unless you got anything else.
1: Jaquan Brisker is your plus 5,000. Okay. Like if you want to put some money on that or, or Dax Hill at plus 3,500, I think both of those safeties uh, could be guys who, who step in and are are super productive right away. I, I, from what I said, they have been killer this preseason, both of them Brisker and Dax Hill. Um, And if you were to do a power ranking of how all the rookies have defensive rookies have looked so far, um, I think those two would be at the top of it from what we've seen so far. So those are two where it's like if you wanted to sprinkle like five to win five hundred, um, that's what you're getting with Jaquan Brisker right now. Don't hate that. Um, don't hate that either. With the Dax Hill either with the way they've looked. So I'll just say those as 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 some deep sleepers. Give me the value.
0: Give me the value. I love it. Let's move into offensive rookie of the year. And this, you know, with this pick, it kind of makes me think, and with Theo's pick of Michael Thomas, it makes me think that my comeback player of the year should be James Winston because my offensive rookie of the year is Chris Olave, wide receiver with the Saints, plus 800. It's not the best odds in the world, but I think he's the best wide receiver in this class. And I think that James Winston will have a good year. I think if Michael Thomas gets hurt I think Olave becomes the number one option in this offense and has a really, really good season. I love him long-term. I loved him coming out of college too. Chris Olave is my pick for offensive rookie of the year. And I think at plus 800, when we look at some of the other players on offense, you know, Kenny Pickett is there. I don't love the Kenny Pickett pick. I don't think he's even that great of a quarterback. I like Drake London as well. I like Brees Hall sort of but I think Chris Olave is the best rookie and he doesn't have the best odds. 800 is still enough for me. I'm going with Chris Olave and Matt, will go over to you now for our offensive rookie of the year.
2: Yeah. I Olave a too. Uh, I think that I don't think he's the best receiver in the class. In fact, I don't, I think Garrett Wilson is significantly better than him. Okay. And, But what I do think is that he I I feel I'm the most confident that he will be good, if that makes sense. I don't think he's the best. But I'm I'm so sure that Chris Olave will be a great NFL wide receiver. And he's going to star, or not star, but he's going to be in a significant position from week one in an offense that I think is going to be good as a player who I think is NFL ready. I think he's going to rack up 1,000 yards more this year,
1: and I, I, I have him winning
2: it.
0: Phenomenal. Where are you at, Theo?
1: I, I'm i a big um, Damian Pierce fan. I think that Damian Pierce is going to have a Kareem Hunt type of rookie year. I really do. I th- and maybe, maybe not Kareem Hunt, because Kareem Hunt literally led the league in yards his rookie year. But I think they project similarly as players. I think the Texans are really confident in him. I think that, te- I mean, they held him out of the second preseason game because they wanted to get a look at their other guys. Because they're like, oh, yeah, this dude's a starter. Damian Pierce can block. Damian Pierce can catch. You can leave him on the field for all three downs. He is a, fe- he has great footwork. He has great contact balance. Um, doesn't quite have home run speed, but there's a lot of great running backs out there who, who didn't run a, a 4.3. Um, he is someone that, like, is so clearly in line for a lot of touches a lot of i think a lot of targets because davis mills likes to check it down um and he's very comfortable doing that and throwing short of the sticks like i think that he could have 1300 yards this rookie year i'm pretty confident he's going to have over a thousand yards like because that offensive line isn't even that bad they drafted Kenyon green they've got laramie Tunsil. they've got uh Ty- titus howard i think that's how you Titus howard uh, their other tackle he's not bad it's not a bad line. It's not a bad offensive line, and he's a he's very clearly like. I'm looking at it with plus fourteen hundred odds right now. That's crazy to me. And it's uh, shot great. up.
0: It's, yeah, shot it's shot up, up. It was plus two thousand a couple of days ago. I know. I should have bet it because,
1: yeah, no, he he's really good. If you watch do, you still it. like it at
0: plus fourteen hundred? Because remember, we're
1: also talking about value here, like where I know, love where it you can 40. find value. He, it's he is straight up. I think the rookie when it comes to like cuz wide receivers need target share, you know, wide receivers need to compete with other dudes. Like running backs just straight up get the like they just hand the ball off to them, right? And I think they're going to hand the ball off to Damian Pierce a lot this year. I really think they're going to lean on him. So I feel very I feel better about him than any of the wide receivers in terms of like I think he's going to get more touches than any of the wide receivers this year. I do. I think he's going to get more carries than any of the rookie wide receivers do receptions. So and if you think about that and what he can do, like yardage wise, with that, I I I feel more confident about him than, than anyone else. Not even as a sleeper, just to like straight up win it. So I love it. Yeah, I'm really high on him. If I'm the one who is the highest on Damian Pierce, so be it. But uh, I I'm really hyping him up. And the other guy I like is Drake London. I think people have kind of cooled on him a little bit. Uh, I see other wide receivers ahead of him in the odds. I think people don't like the quarterback situation and that's true it's not very good. Um <laughs> but I think that Drake London he was the first receiver taken for a reason and he was he was a top 10 pick for a reason. His hands are phenomenal. He catches everything. He's been dominating trading camp and he's got I think what people don't realize about him is he's got legitimate twitch and wiggle. I don't think he has long speed. I think when people worry about oh will he separate at the next level? I don't know if he's going to separate on like a go route. I don't think he's going to leave anybody in the dust. He ducked the 40 time. He didn't run it. I think it would have run like a 4.6. I really do. But he reminds me a little bit of cup in that. He's this, I think if you put him in a big slot type of role and just, he's, he's a big dude who catches everything with Twitch and can kind of separate underneath, turn it up field and, and pick up some yards. Like he's, he's good after the catch. He's got good contact balance. He's got good hands. He's agile for his size. And I think he's someone who could attract like a lot of targets. And, um, yeah, as, as the number one wide receiver, that means the Falcons viewed him as the most talented guy in the class. And I don't think that was a bad bet for them to make. And, you know, he's not exactly, he's fighting for targets with pits. And then after that, it's like Zacchaeus. So I think that I, I feel pretty confident about him having a nice year. So
0: yeah, my only my worry, team. my only worry is him getting the ball because yeah. he's clearly talented. He's clearly one of the best wide receivers in his class, but just, how is he going to get the ball? Let's go to defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa at plus 1,200. I think this is kind of the Nick Bosa year. I think he's going to dominate. And I don't really have much to say because I think you could go a lot of different ways here. This is probably my least confident of all the futures because I like them all and it's hard to decipher between any of them. I love Michael Parsons this year, clearly. I think TJ Watt. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, it's so tough. Personally, I this is going to be my least bet on category is defensive player of the year, so I'm going with Nick Bosa. Theo, I want to throw it over to you. Convince me of somebody else because this is my least confident
1: pick. Miles Garrett, he's due. Yeah, <laughs> he's due. these years you're going to be right about Miles Garrett. If you bet on Miles Garrett to win defensive player of the year every year, one year he is going to do it He is not retiring with zero defensive players of the year because and at
0: plus 600 you need six years basically to do it he's going to win yeah, one of those six so he's going to well. win
1: one of these dude he's going to win one one of these days he's going to win one one of these days uh he's just a freak he is the most athletic guy he's the big like if you just look at him at like a shirt doesn't look smile, like a human picture he looks like a yeah he looks like a big you know, Greek statue. Seriously. And despite the fact that he's that big and has that much power, he also has the best bend in the league and he is the, he's the most explosive. He has the best get off in the league. He led the league in pressures last year. Um, he led the league in pass rush win rate. Uh, he is a monster. And I think that like, yeah, one of these years, he's just too good to exit his career with zero of them. All right, I think he's the most talented defensive like edge rusher in the league. I think TJ Watt, you got to give him the crown for best right now. Uh, and his technique is so good, and his hand fighting is so good. But in terms of like pure athletic gifts and like getting sacks that no other defensive lineman in the league can get, Miles Garrett is is king there. So one of these years he's gonna win one. So that's my bet, and that's gonna be my that was my bet last year, and I think he got second. And he's um, probably gonna be next year if he doesn't win it this year. And uh, yeah, he's, just, he's gonna be—he's gonna get votes every year. Every year he's gonna get votes. So one—it's just we need TJ Watt to like face some good right tackles one of these years, and then uh, Miles Garrett's gonna gonna win it. But uh, Matt. Matt,
2: are you yeah, on, the on the same page? Guy. I am.
0: Yeah, Miles Garrett.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm going Miles Garrett.
0: Let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year. This one is for value. I like Christian McCaffrey at plus two thousand. Again, I,
2: I, I, I can't get behind it. I'm sorry.
0: I understand. I understand. At plus 2,000, it's worth it for me because I think to myself, can this guy be the best player in the NFL on the offensive side if he stays healthy? And I think to myself, still, yes. Can he stay healthy? But again, these awards are so tough. Defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. They're always my least confident bets because I really think that they can come out of nowhere. I think there's a lot of guys you could consider. So I'm going to go with the guy with the most upside and the best value. And that, in my opinion, is Christian McCaffrey at plus 2000 from the betting angle. Will he stay healthy? Probably not. Probably going to lose these two. But for the value, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Matt, you are anti-Christian McCaffrey. Um,
2: So who are you on? Christian yeah, McCaffrey got hurt last year and he was just like running and he just pulled up on his leg. And I that know. was, it is, <laughs> there are just some guys who just cannot get through 17 games. He just, yeah. in the NBA, it's even a bigger, there's a bunch of guys who just can't, they're not putting in 80 till. I think McCaffrey is in the category for me of he's like, he's just not going to do it. And, and the thing that kills me is if you're picking him for offensive player of the year, you're not only picking him to stay healthy, You're picking him to get the ball like 400 (laughs) times and stay healthy. And I think what I would be worried about, I feel like it's a good point about like offensive and defensive player of the year feels harder to, it feels harder to win than like an MVP. Like you have to, I feel like you have to have like a more ridiculous season. The narratives have to make sense. You're competing against more positions, really. Like if you're a wide receiver, you're competing against running backs and everybody, if you're MVP, you're just competing against quarterbacks. That's besides the point though. I just think that, There's also a world where the Panthers are like McCaffrey's injury prone and we want to, you know, make sure to be careful and not overuse him, but you need him to be overused to win the award. I definitely like – there is definitely a world where Baker checks it down to him a hundred times. I can't – like I see see the vision, but I'm too pessimistic as a Panthers fan to see it with McCaffrey.
0: I totally get that. I'm just looking at value, and when I look at the board, I think – is Christian McCaffrey maybe the best offensive player on this board? Yes. Can he stay healthy? That's the only question. Plus 2,000 little sprinkles worth it for me. Who's your pick then?
2: Uh, I have Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to get the ball a ton. Really good. Um, but if you want, like, a value, like, based on betting, I'd go CD Lamb. Ah, I think yeah. and that I think offense is still going to pass the ball a ton, but all of a sudden they're down a few
1: receivers – um cd lamb I, is getting 170 targets this he's year.
2: gonna get the target <laughs> this is what it comes down he's to he's getting he's gonna like, get the targets sorry. for it yes okay that's i i don't know what his odds are i have no clue but i would guess that they're
1: not bad
2: let me look that up for you while i look that up theo give me
0: your offensive it's plus uh, player of the year
1: what i'm looking at i'm looking at i had the same thing i had cd lamb i seem at plus plus six thousand this year
2: phenomenal that's worth that, a sprinkle. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's, I, I think that's, I mean, I would figure CeeDee Lamb is one of like the better receivers to pick for that award. Honestly. I mean, you need, you just need like the right circumstances. I mean, the
1: fantasy people know it, right? The fantasy people know that he's, uh he's that guy he's going like ridiculously high and maybe not ridiculously high, but I don't think it's like a hot take to say CD Lamb is really good for fantasy, but no one's gonna bet on him for offensive player of the year because they're like, oh well, fantasy being good in fantasy is one thing, being like offensive player of the year is another. And like, do we trust that for CD Lamb? But yeah, I had I had the same guy pegged Matt at at plus like if that's a real number that you can get somewhere, it's absolutely worth something. Let's what's his yards per target? I would have figured he career. was
2: more around like two like two three thousand or something. His like,
1: career where... yards per target is eight point eight let's say he gets 165 targets that's like a 1500 yard season it's it's like not out of the court. it's it's not unrealistic to say mm-hmm. that he's like 1500 1600 yards this year but anyway since he's if he's already taken i do like a lot of these like plus 4000 plus 5000 spring i would almost rather like sprinkle a couple guys with that than like put you know a couple units on a, on a guy at the top of this. You never want to put
0: more than one unit on a future like this, especially for this category. The way I like to look at it is I look at where these guys are in relation to odds and can they do it for offensive player of the year? Like Christian McCaffrey is right next to Nick Chubb. Like I like Christian McCaffrey if he's able to stay healthy better than Nick Chubb this year, when you're looking at a CD lamb, like he's nestled right in between Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler. Like I yeah. think that he could have the best potential of those players to have the best season. So when I look at that specific, those odds, pick the best one for that value. So deal, when you use that kind of side of your
1: football brain, where do you land? I might take Jonathan Taylor, even though he's he's the number one guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's, I'm going in a completely opposite direction. There are some guys I like that, like Stefan Diggs, plus 5,000, is in a really good passing offense. And he's, I mean, obviously Gabe Davis is the guy that everybody's like, for a fantasy-wise, is everybody's like, oh, all these targets, Gabe Davis is going to have a huge season. But it's like Stefan Diggs just may even just get a heavier workload, and we already know what he is. So like he's someone that I think is is like a good guy to sprinkle money on. Uh Saquon Barkley, like I thought he looked pretty sharp and fast in preseason. And and if we get anything close to like rookie Saquon, that's always a contender. Um someone like Javante Williams, if he can get like 70% of the of the carries, he could do it. But like if you're just gonna but put a unit on someone, I think you gotta go with Jonathan Taylor. Like he is a guy who I don't think they're going to give him i don't think he's going to get 1800 yards again like rushing yards i don't i think they're going to want to scale him back just a little bit just because they don't want to you know injure him after this year and they just saw what happened to derrick henry but i mean he is so he's pretty young still he is so explosive he's one of the best he i think he's the best in structure running back that there is which means if if you can just design him a crease and he hits that crease at like a ridiculous amount of speed and he's just gone and I think the offensive line for the Colts last year Ryan Kelly missed some games Quentin Nelson missed some games and Quentin Nelson wasn't quite as good as he's been in the past when even when he was healthy so this year like left tackle is a question I think they're gonna have like Bernard Raymond over there or something like that but um I think the offensive line could be a little bit better they were actually near the top of the league in blown blocks last year and Jonathan Taylor still had the season that he had Um, Matt Ryan is old I don't think they're going to want to win games on the arm of Matt Ryan I think they're still going to want to win games on the ground Uh, Jonathan Taylor like if we're projecting it like I think he wins that award any year that Cooper Cup does not have the greatest wide receiving season ever Um, I don't think Cooper Cup is going to have the greatest wide receiver season ever although he's not a horrible bet even still but I, I feel pretty good about Jonathan Taylor you know if, if you're making a bet for leading the league at rushing or touchdowns and all that I, I think he's still pretty uh pretty safe bet to be super productive this year and maybe niamh hines takes a couple more of his carries and he doesn't quite hit 1800 yards again but like 1500 yards that's 300 less i think he can do that you know so he might be like if i had to pick one guy he's my pick but there are some other dudes uh with like plus, I'd rather kind of sprinkle my money around if it's like plus thousand for Kyle Pitts, like especially in I'll this category. Yeah, it's, it's
0: a tough one. But MVP, we're looking at quarterbacks, most valuable player of the NFL season in twenty twenty two will be, according to me, Justin Herbert
1: Justin plus twelve hundred.
0: I'm all over everything Chargers. You can give me their over win total. I already bet it. You can give me Brandon Staley, coach of the year. I already bet it. I think that Justin Herbert, to Theo's point, he described it perfectly, as a cyborg. I think this guy will establish himself if as the, if not the, best quarterback in the NFL at the end of the season. I think he is due for something crazy. I think Eckler's going to have a great year. I love the weapons around him. I love the offensive line. I think the schedule is not that. Hard. I think he's going to have a couple of these games versus the Chiefs on primetime television where he beats the Chiefs and he shows that he's right there with Mahomes, right there with anybody in the NFL. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert at plus 1200. Currently, he has the fourth or fifth best odds, depending on the book. I think he's going to be your MVP. Matt, let's go with you, then Theo,
2: and then we'll wrap. I have Mahomes. Uh, I think that he's due for another one. And with Tyreek Hill out, the narrative will be working very much in his favor if the Chiefs are still great and the Chiefs will still be great. I guess it'll be a little tough because I do think the Chargers have a pretty good shot of winning that division. But if the Chiefs win the division and the passing attack is still great, which it will be, people will say, oh my God, he lost arguably the best receiver in the NFL and it didn't hurt him. That's because he's the most valuable player in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes is.
0: I think that's a great narrative. I love that one. Theo, what about you?
1: Patrick Mahomes is a good. He's a little bit like Miles Garrett. If you just bet on Patrick Mahomes every year, he, he's not finishing. He's winning career, another he one won. at some point. He's winning another one at some point. So if you could just keep betting Mahomes, eventually it'll be right. But I've got to go with Herbert again. If it, it it's in line with my other takes, right? Right. I think the Chargers are going to be the best team in football. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback who I think is going to be the great. Like if exactly. I think the char, if I think the Chargers are the best team in football, my MVP pick. MVP pick is got we're on the Herbert same exact just because page. just because the best the best quarterback on the best team wins MVP that's just how it goes I mean Justin Herbert had what over 5,000 yards last year 40 touchdowns he could have won it last year. I mean if they would have made the playoffs like he could have won it last year you know <laughs> like if they tied that game he might win it yeah. So
0: that'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. Theo, Matt, want to thank you guys so much for coming on Not Gambling Advice. We will definitely be tracking these and you might see some of these clips on TikTok at just Gridiron Fans. And make sure to go follow them. Matt, Theo, plug anything you need before we go.
2: I think
1: we got to do stay hot. Stay go hot. Listen to our podcast. That's stay
0: our podcast. hot. Awesome. Go listen follow,
1: cor- follow Corporate Spawn Hour on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, follow. <laughs> Theo Ash NFL on TikTok and um, yeah follow follow stay hot on
0: everything. We'll uh, we'll link those down below. Thank you guys again for joining. On Tuesday we will be going over Week One NFL between the Rams and the Bills as well as some Super Bowl picks, some playoff odds. Again, want to thank these guys and. Just remember, this is sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code JustBaseball when you download for a full deposit match. We'll be playing props all NFL season. But remember, none of this was gambling advice.